0: you weren't here last Sunday, you really should listen to that message. It, I just felt like it was, and um, it's about Moses that uh, when he was on his journey with uh, the children of Israel and with God, he told God, he, he asked God, he said, show me your glory, and, and God said, there is a place by me, and he put him in the cleft of the rock, in a cliff, and he just stuck him in there, and he says, I'm going to Put my hand over you, and I'm going to walk by, and you'll see my backside, and I'm going to show you my goodness, my goodness. So goodness and glory are intertwined; they're the same. And um, I just know that God wants us to see His goodness, and it's all a journey, specifically for you and me. It's not a generic journey that this is the way everybody should walk with God or whatever. I believe that God has a specific journey specifically for you. Specifically for you. Amen? And so, uh, and I believe the church at at large around the world just does not know the goodness of God like we should. I don't think we actually have a clue how good God is. And... um, in Deuteronomy eleven twenty one, 21, it says that God desires us to have days of heaven on earth. Days of heaven on earth. I don't know about you, but you can just dream about what heaven's like. And then God says, that's what I want for you here on this earth. So most people, most even denominations, they don't think there's any sickness in heaven. They don't think there's any poverty in heaven. They don't think there's any depression or sadness in heaven. And yet there's a lot of people that accept that down here. Matter of fact, they think that that's what God wants them to have, to teach them or to show them or whatever, fill in the blank. But God says, I want you to have days of heaven on the earth. And I'm believing that each one of us will walk this journey called life in a different perception, a different light. In Psalms 25.4, it says this, Lord, direct me throughout my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. Reveal the life paths that are pleasing to you. So he's saying that there's a journey that he specifically has for us, but he said, uh, I want to experience your plans for my life. Not just our likes or desires, but specifically what God has for you. And this is what I've come to know. You know, we all can say, you know, I would like to do this, I would like to do that, and and I believe God puts desires in your heart and puts them in my heart. But the bottom line is this. I do know that God knows what will make us happy more than even what we know. He does. And so that's where it comes, the trust part. You have to trust and believe God for that. I believe there is nothing better than God. And yet sometimes my life doesn't um, portray that as far as thinking that. I believe all of us are like that. That nothing on this planet is good as God. Nothing you could do, nothing you could desire is good as God. I'm going to say a few things here that may be controversial, and it's my opinion. Everybody say it's pastor's opinion. You know what that means? It means it's my opinion. So this is my opinion. So if you don't like it, just know that, well, he's, that's just what he thinks. I believe God is fun. I don't know if I've ever preached. What I'm about to tell you, but I believe God is absolutely hilarious fun. I mean, like, better than any party you could ever go to, even when you were 16. And we really don't want to know about the parties you went to when you were 16. But I believe it's He knows how to party better than anybody with no hangovers or residual bad feelings at the end of it. And I started thinking about that this week. I mean, look at creation. I mean, I love the Rocky Mountains, but I'm also from back east, you know. The Smoky Mountains are absolutely gorgeous, and they're different, but they're gorgeous. You think about the Grand Canyon. You think about all the beauty. Melody and I have been on a uh, cruise to Alaska. It's just some of the things are just... Breathtaking and just so many beautiful things, the islands, you know, the the beautiful resorts, the sandy beaches, the sound of the ocean just beating against the beach. I mean, it's just like, wow. Wow. And who created all of that? He created that for who? You and me. He created these majestic islands that you can go to and just these beautiful, beautiful tropics, and it's just gorgeous. I'd rather live in Pueblo, but it's great to visit. <laughs> we went to Hawaii one time, and we rented a car, and I drove around the whole island, in one day when I got back to the, the hotel, I just got the ibi I mean, I just like, I just, you realize I just drove everywhere you can drive today, and it just, <clears throat> it made me realize we are on a rock. In the middle of the ocean. I don't know. It's just a weird feeling. But anyway, I just. But the beauty is just breathtaking. And God created all that for us. For what? To enjoy. I mean, you realize he could have. (laughs) I just bit my tongue. But a flat. Everything's just flat. No trees, just flat, and the wind blows, and it's just flat, and it's just nothing to see. He could have created the earth like that. I'm not saying like anything, because I could be persecuted, because there's some people who live there. Anyway, moving right along. Some of you are reading my mind. Stop it. Just stop it. But I was looking, you know, at, uh, you think about the stars in space, the planets. I mean, he created a planet, and it's got a ring around it, you know, and you just think like, wow, it's just cool. I'm sorry, but that's it. just, he created things that are just breathtaking, just so super cool. There's this star called... um, UI Scooty. First of all, let me just say this. There's roughly 1.3 million earths that can fit into our sun. Okay, that's our earth. See that? You probably can't see it from back there, but you see the word earth? There's a dot above earth. That's the ratio of the size of the earth compared to the sun. See the sun? And then the next picture is... Our sun, see the dot right above sun, to the largest known star called UI Scuti. And then that's UI Scuti to the largest black hole that they've discovered. You can roughly fit 1.3 million Earths into our sun, and you can fit 3.6 billion, with the B, suns into UI Scooty. That makes our sun so small. So small. And we think, you know, the sun is so massively big. Well of course it's big. You put over a million earths inside our suns. Our sun, but I just thought, why did you create something like UI Scooty to be that your brain and my brain, we can't comprehend how big that is. There, you just can't, your imagination can't go there, Harley. How big is it? And then my next question is, why did you create something that mega big? Why? And then I thought, you know why? There's people like me, they think that, that is so cool. He goes, boom, that's why. Create it for people. Just to think, that is so neat. That is so cool. That's my dad. My dad likes big stuff. Like, I mean, big, big stuff. He likes making stuff big. So big that your brain can't even go there. It's just unreal. And so I started thinking like this, and I just thought, I mean, he created so many strange, different animals I mean, you there, there's a orangutan or a monkey. I don't know which one it is. Some kind of, it's one of those. And and he just put a his rear end bright orange. Just painted his rear end like bright orange. I mean, it's like, wow. Hey, you know, hey, let's just make them all like that. But let the rear end shine up from here to Texas, man. You'll be able to see it. You look at it. Just start looking up uh, colorful rear ends of. Monkeys and you, there's bluish ones. You think he created blue rear ends on a monkey. Why, why? God is the most creative, coolest person on the planet. I mean, just like man, he created stuff that was his idea, that wasn't my idea. He created all these great, cool animals and all this cool stuff. And you just think if somebody did all of that, they you just think that is the coolest person. That is the coolest person to do all of that. But yet we don't think that way about our God. Most people think God's pretty boring. When I was raised up in church, I thought, dear Lord, if heaven's going to be like this, it's going to be a long eternity, let me tell you. (laughs) Have you ever thought that way? Have you ever thought that God was boring? When I was a kid, I thought that God was so boring. The reason I thought that. Okay, I won't say that, but just sometimes people can be really boring, Christians in particular. They can just be really boring, and they think that God is boring, and most of the world thinks that God is boring. That's really why they don't have a great, tremendous desire to have a relationship with Him. Why would you want to have somebody a relationship with somebody you think that is so harsh, So critical So judgmental And then on top of all of that They're super boring Yeah let's go Let's go see if we can be best friends with that person Most people go No I'm good I got enough relationships that uh, They're a challenge for me So you know I think I'm good Without having a super close relationship With that guy With that person We think that and you read the Old Testament, and you hear sermons about how God is super holy, super righteous, and he can be so judge. I mean, you look, and he can wipe a whole nation off the planet, and he can kill people, and he can do this, and, and you just, man, I, he's just a scary type person or being. Well, and a lot of people say, you know, he's God the judge. He's God, the Judge, and so we have that mentality, and that's our perception of God. Most people understand that mentality. We just have to really, really show reverence, and that, and this, all of that is one hundred percent true. We need to give reverence to God, one hundred percent. To fear of the Lord is to reverently have a tremendous respect for God, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, yes. But this is my opinion that I started off with, is that there is a different side of God that I don't think, for the most part, Christians have tapped into or even known about. The word father is only used three times to describe God in the Old Testament. Only three times. In the New Testament, it's 244 times. And in the book of John alone, it's 112 times. In the book of John alone. Which tells me John must have known something that the other writers did not. Of course, he is the one who wrote about himself. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. (laughs) He didn't even call himself John. I'm the one that Jesus loved. What can I say? That's kind of like what he did. 112 times he mentions God as father. Now, I don't know. You may have not had such a great father. Nobody has a perfect father. I've made many, many mistakes. So nobody has the most perfect father. But, and you may have had a very poor father. You may have had one that um, beat you, mistreated you. It was nothing like a father. And you can take that perception and bring it to your relationship with God and you think that's how your father is. But God wants you to know that's not how he is. He wants you to know that he is a God that is a father. He is all-powerful and all-knowing, but he is a compassionate, loving father that enjoys, literally enjoys his kids. Now, I take that same kind of attitude, and, you know, I've got three kids and grandkids, and so I love to see my kids laughing, enjoying one another, and just having fun. You Do you enjoy that as a parent? You know, just your kids going, and it just makes me smile. I don't know what they're laughing about. It could be me, but, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just neat that they're all, and a lot of times it is, but, I mean, it's just neat to see that they are enjoying and laughing, belly laughing. And the harder the laugh, just the, the bigger my smile gets. And I believe that's the way our Father looks down upon us. He wants us to enjoy life and laugh and have fun and have a great time. Now, I know there's going to be some people that may disagree with this that have different opinions, but... I believe the emphasis should be upon the fact that God is my father rather than he is the almighty judge. I know that God is the one who created all the different personalities that everybody has. And know, there was a time in my life I thought, really? You sure the devil didn't have something to do? No, but they're not. That was a joke. But anyway, I mean, okay, maybe it wasn't. But anyway, (laughs) God, I believe, created all the different personalities, you know, the type A, choleric, that, I mean, every I has to be dotted, every T crossed. And then there's the sanguines or the fly by the seat of the pants, and you go, what I, what T, I mean, you know. (laughs) You don't see any detail whatsoever, you know, and, and the same one comes into the room, and, and all of a sudden, people start laughing and everything, and the choleric type A person says, oh, they're so stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying it like it is. But anyway, my point is this. If you are that type of person, you know, fun may, and fun is, I mean, it's different for everybody. What's fun to some may not be fun to others, you know, Um Being in a vehicle going Mach 1, that's fun to me. Other people would just say, no, that's ridiculous and scary, and nobody should do that. I don't know. I mean, you know, they say when you get to heaven that you you can travel at the speed of thought. I told my wife, I says, I don't want to do that. I want to be in some kind of machine that will go that fast, that you can tell that you're going that fast. I don't just want to be there. I want to enjoy the journey from here to the other side of the universe, going Mach 200 or whatever you can go. The speed of, you know, Star Trek won't have anything on God, you know, like, you know. What's the term? Um, Light speed? Warp. That's the word. Warp speed will be slow in heaven. It will be slow. And so I'm going to have God just make sure I have something, one of those vehicles in my garage. But anyway... But there's different personalities. And, and this is what I started thinking. God created every single one of them. If it wasn't for the detailed people, this world would be a mess. And if it, you know, if just sanguines and happy-go-lucky people, Jesus, help us all. So God put... All of these different types of personalities. And I believe he created them all. And so this is what made me think of this. We are created in his image. image. That means the cleric type A. As well as the funny sanguines who are spontaneous at a drop of a hat. And everybody in between created in his image so I believe all of those are in our father isn't that a wild thought isn't that a wild thought but this is the part I believe that Christians don't comprehend that God is funny that God can be funny that God can have a good time or that he even wants to have a good time Psalms 24 says he sits in the heavens and laughs God I don't know about you but most people can't picture God laughing but this is in the Bible your Bible God sits in the heaven and laughs the Lord shall hold them in derision he, he sits, and, and I don't know, but I got this picture of God on his throne going, and he you, go, you got to be good, and just belly laughing, and all of heaven is shaking because of his laughter. And the angels up there going, <laughs> oh. I tell some of my friends, God definitely comes in and listens to my message every Sunday because he wants to laugh. You may be laughing for the wrong reason, but that's Okay. The Bible says that laughter doeth good like uh, medicine. What? God gave us the ability to laugh so it came from him. So I believe he laughs quite often. If he's, you know, listening to everything that I say. <laughs> he laughs. He has fun. He who sits in the heavens laughs. But we're taught we don't really think that way about God. We do think about the holiness and righteousness, and and just He's got a big club or a lightning bolt or something, waiting for us to do wrong. But I believe there is a part of our heavenly Father that we really haven't comprehended, and that is. He is a God who wants to have a good time with you. I believe not knowing this causes people not to really have a desire to have a relationship with him. Like I said, I believe God is the coolest, funnest person that could ever be. If we describe God as one of your friend, that potential friends, that they're creative, that they not only are creative, but they create cool things that are just people's mouth just drops open and just like, you've got to be kidding. They did that? Yeah, they did that. And, and just somebody who, who loves to, to do fun things and travel, whether it's mountain climbing, canoeing, parasailing, or just jumping off a cliff into the water and just scary stuff. And you think, I want to do that with him. If I explained that to you, you would say, Yeah, I would like to know somebody like that. And it's called God. It's called God. He wants to have that side of a relationship, He wants to be able to share that kind of relationship with you. That's my opinion. I believe he wants to have fun. I believe, you know, he created all these things. You know, we enjoy time off. We enjoy vacation. We enjoy letting our hair down and just having fun. Where do we get that from? God. Like I said, he could have not, he could, we could just be at nighttime stare at a black sky. Just totally black. Nothing there when it's dark. No moon even. No stars, no moon, no nothing. Nothing. You know, it's kind of like New York City in the wintertime. My jokes, I'll, I'll keep working on them. But anyway, you just don't see. I'm glad we can look up and see stars and see plant. You I mean, there, there's times you can see Venus. You can see these cool things. You get a microscope, man, you can think, oh, man, it's so cool. I just know that God wants us to enjoy life. I remember the first year that we started the church, we were at the Holiday Inn on Elizabeth, and we were living on Quincy in this really bad place, um, the worst place I've ever lived in my life. But anyway, we we were happy to have a place, and uh, I remember thinking that my office was inside our apartment that was about 700 square feet, but... Uh, at, our daughter, her her bedroom was on the closed-in porch in the back porch. That was her bedroom. It was a one-bedroom apartment. We made it two, and uh, so uh, I just remember being very conscious that okay, I'm going to work from eight to five, and have my because I was having trouble focusing and doing stuff and office stuff and home stuff. So I thought, okay, from eight to five, I'm I'm going to have my office hours in my office, and I was trying to be strict about it and do all of this, you know, and everything, and after a few months, we lived there, and for three and a half years, and after a few months of that, I just thought one time, I just got so bored, and I got into Frisbee golf, I learned about Frisbee golf, never heard of it before, so I bought Frisbees, and my whole family, we got into Frisbee golf, and I was just thinking one time, Melody was gone, Danielle was in school, and it was a beautiful spring day, and I thought... I'm gonna grab my golf disc and I'm gonna go play frisbee golf. And this is the thought that I had. It's ten o'clock in the morning, it's working hours. You can't do that. And I fought against that. So I literally ran. I drove real fast, and when I was doing the frisbee golf, I only played nine holes, and I ran the whole. It was like speed golf. I would throw it, and I would run because my conscience was making me feel guilty because I should be working. So I did, I don't know, I think it was 15, 20 minutes. It was just in minutes. I did all nine holes. I mean, just dripping with sweat and after when I got back, and, and then I felt bad because I should have been working. I thought of that, and the Lord said, you know how ridiculous that is? He said, John 10.10. 10. Let's look at this. This is the amplified version. No, and listen to me. I'm not saying to have a bad ethic when it comes to work. When I'm working, I mean, I think you, I have, I believe, a good work ethic. I think everybody should have a good work ethic. 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 Everybody should work hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so don't get stupid on me, okay? But this, when it comes to life, when it comes to life, this is God's idea, not mine. The thief only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came. The reason, one of the reasons that Jesus came, this is Jesus. In your Bible, it should be red letters. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Sounds like too much life. This is one of the reasons why Jesus came. My question is, are you experiencing that? My question is, are you experiencing that? I think there's gonna be a day when we come to church and I won't have to look at the clock and you won't be watching your watch like <laughs> You know back in the day before technology everybody carried a Bible and I could literally hear Bibles go <laughs> you can hear them close. And the interpretation of that was, we're done. (laughs) And I got the hint and usually ignored it. But anyway, kind of like I ignore that timer sometimes. But uh, I think there's coming a day when we will experience this side of God to the degree that there's so much fun going on in here. People will not want to leave. Just a thought. Getting to that place of the funness and the goodness of God. I believe is not what we have to give or sacrifice or give up. But it's knowing how much God has sacrificed and given up for us to live that and have that. Did you hear that? Because most of my walk with God is about. I need to sacrifice more, and I need to give up more, and I need to do this and do that so I can get to that place that God talked about for Moses in the cliff of the rock. He said, there's a place by me that I want you to be so you can see my goodness. I've always thought that I have to sacrifice and give up and do a lot to get into that place. But if you read that story, God put Moses there. Moses didn't work to get there. Man, that is such a free. See, I believe that we try to sacrifice and give Paul, or yeah, Paul said this. He says, I've done more than all the other disciples put together. I mean, there's some statements by people in the Bible. Moses, he called himself the meekest man on the planet, and he wrote that. (laughs) That's like me saying, and Mike Davis was the greatest preacher on the earth. Oh, who wrote that, Mike Davis? Kind of loses its value, don't you think? Just a little. But anyway, I digress. But anyway, Moses goes, I'm the his man. And Paul said, I've worked harder than all of them. But then he filled in something that we miss. Because if you read that, you think, I need to work like Paul. And, but this is what he said. Yet, it was not I. It was the grace of God in me that I was able to do that. See, whatever we do, it should be by the grace of God. And if it's not by his grace and it's by your effort, then it's all works. And there are a lot of ministers and a lot of Christians who are doing that today, working to get to that place when Paul says, I didn't do it by my own self-effort. It was by the grace of God. Moses said, I didn't get to that place of called goodness in the cleft of the rock. It, God put me there. God put me there. So I think we just need to pray like, Okay, God, I want to see that side of you and enjoy my relationship with you. I want to have that type of relationship with you where it is cool to spend time with God. Most Christians don't have that mentality. Oh, I got to go pray. And pastor put that Bible reading thing on the internet. Dear Lord, we have to to read it, honey. You know, he put it there. He was asking us to read it. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Do you know he's listening to that? You know, he, he hears you talk like that. You know, it's kind of like somebody invites you over that you really didn't want to go to. And then they can hear you say, oh, I don't want to go there. I'll tell you, oh, man, I hope it, let's just eat and just leave as soon as it's done. Okay, let's just, how do you think they would respond? Just a thought. How do you think they would respond? Yeah. They may burn your food. Here you go. Supper. There's some people who go to church with that kind of mentality. Oh, dear Lord, it's Sunday. We have to go to his house. We got to go to the house of God. And God goes, you should just stay home. No, that's Mike speaking. No, God says, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to get something good to you anyway. I'm going to get something good. That's God. That's Mike who said that the first time. (laughs) That's what I would say. Stay home. Stay home. No, but God says, you know what? You come with an attitude that is poor and stinks to heaven, and I'll still speak to you, and I'll still touch your heart. That's our Father. He, he's not like me. He always looks at the good for you, no matter how stinking your attitude is. Really? That's our God. Let's explore that and have that type of journey with your heavenly father, that he's fun to hang around with. It's fun to read his book. It's fun to go to church. It's fun to have a relationship with him. It's a different perspective, isn't it? But that's what God wants you and I to have. I believe it. I believe he wants... I remember back in the late 70s and 80s when people, there was a line... Before the church doors open for people to get into services. I believe we're going to have days like that. We don't open the doors at 6 o'clock. I'm sorry. In the morning. You know. You go to some concert or some game. People are camped out with their tents. Why? Because they can't wait to get in there. Why? So the fun can begin. I believe that's what God wants for you and me. Not just on Sunday, though. I believe he wants that on Monday. I believe he wants that on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. He says, I came so that you can enjoy life and enjoy it to the full. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Father, I do pray for the eyes of our understanding and enlightened that now that we know, maybe some people didn't know, I didn't know God was cool. I didn't know that he was fun. I didn't know that God laughed. I didn't know a lot of things. But, God, I pray today that this would stir all of us up. He would stir all of us up and say, I, I want to be a friend. And I want him to be my friend. I want a relationship with somebody like that. Help us just to see that, desire it, and then let the journey begin. Let the journey begin take walks in the mountains, talking to their father, to take walks by the beach, talking to their father, to be driving down the road, talking to their father. How great you are. How great you are. Help us all to see that and understand it and desire it in Jesus' name. Amen.